Lord God, I thank you um, for Melissa. Thank you for her faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that um, for her vision, um, for her ability to stay the track. And so we praise you for that. We thank you for how you've made her. We thank you, Lord, for her love for you and for your word and for the truth. And so, Lord, we, um, we trust you that you're going to use her this morning to um, bring your truth to us. And um, we open our hearts and minds to you and to your spirit and to your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, I wasn't meant to preach today because normally we try and keep ourselves free to do Red Shield Appeal, whatever's. But um, it all kind of came to a crashing halt. And I said, I'll preach. And then I kind of went, what on earth do I preach on? And um, God pulled this one out on me and without me knowing. And it's quite difficult because I'm not a really good person at being patient. So this one's for me. Um, and you get to come along for the ride. So you're all right with that? Yeah. In our house, we, um, we have some avocado lovers. Um, they are a great delight for people in our house. So I buy a lot of them because we've got, you know, I'm oh, avocado. I don't mind them, but, you know, it's like squishing a caterpillar, really. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. I don't have to eat them, so I usually don't. So I'll buy the kilo bags because everyone else loves them and they could eat a whole one in one sitting very easily. So I'll buy the kilo. And, you know, with avocados, they're, they're worse than bananas. It's like green, 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 green. Eat now, dead, you know. And so we've got a kind of time in our house that someone's going to be watching the avocados that now's the time and everyone has a big avocado feast and then there's a famine again until I shop uh, for the next lot of avocados. But it's that waiting time that's really difficult, isn't it? The, the waiting um, for something to happen. Um, there's, there's this illustration that I read years ago. It was hilarious about this guy that was always late and um, one morning he'd be going down to the ferry, he used to catch the ferry um, across to his work. And one day he woke up, oh, no, I'm late, you know, threw his coffee down, got dressed, ran down to the wharf, and there's the ferry pulling away from the dock. Oh, no. So he runs as fast as he can across the dock and does the biggest launch of his entire life, spans this gap and lands square in the middle of the, the, the deck. Um, and everyone kind of looking at him. And the guy sitting next to him just kind of says, dude, we're just about to pull up. You could have waited. You know? <laughs> anyway, I thought, that's a really good story. So I went looking for it to see if I could find it because it's always better if someone else wrote it and I just tell it because, you know, I've not always got it right. Um, so I went looking for it. So I Googled guy, you know, missing ferry, whatever else. There's all these stories of people even this year, in Sydney, some guy missed the ferry going to Manly, jumps in the water at the Opera House and starts swimming to chase his ferry. Hey, what are you thinking? It's the things we do when we don't know what to do and we just can't wait for the next thing to happen. Anyone that's in that boat, you say, I don't know what to do, I've got to do something. So off I go. So this is the message for us today. Anyone in that boat? That's a great way of saying it. Anyone on that ferry? <laughs> so... Some of us are waiting on God today. We're waiting on God to open a door. We're waiting on God to give us a job. We're waiting on God to answer a prayer. We're waiting for clarification of what does God actually mean when he's saying do this? What's the purpose? Maybe you're waiting for a new direction. 
Maybe you're waiting for God to remove a pain or heal something. Maybe you're waiting for God in a relationship. And you go, I just don't get it. I pray and nothing's happening. There's a delay. Why does God delay things when he knows he's so big and he's so powerful he could do it like that? Why does he wait? I don't get that. Well, I do get it. I'm going to talk about it, but it really frustrates me because I know God can do it. Because sometimes God has to work on me and sometimes he needs to work on you before he works on the solution. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God does everything just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what he is doing. That's my verse, isn't it? God does everything just right and on time, but people cannot completely understand what he is doing. So today I want us to look at what do we do when we have to wait? How to have patience in the waiting period? So first of all, there's four things we need to remember. And on your seat somewhere is a piece of white paper with some spaces on it that you might want to write in some of the points that we have. So grab a pen, grab the paper. If you need to write notes for yourself, what's jumping out at you, you're welcome to do that. How to have patience in the waiting. So the first one is, remember, there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. There's a natural delay. It's the the laws of sowing and reaping. There's a natural delay there. If I plant seeds, I don't get up the next day and go, ooh, I can't wait to see my tomatoes. That's just not going to happen, is it? We're going to wait and wait and wait and wait. And then you'll see a little shoot come out. And then it gets bigger and it gets bigger. It's really hard to explain that to kids because they want the full tomato tomorrow. When I plant carrot seeds, I don't expect to get carrots straight away. There's always a delay between planting and harvesting. Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to scatter and a time to gather. Is anyone old enough to remember the song? The turn, turn, turn song to everything. Sing it. I mean, get it out and sing it to yourself. When you're getting impatient, there's a time for it. There's a time. It's talking about the seasons. We always get the result of what we plan in life in another season, not in the same season. We don't plan and harvest in the same season. We need to recognise that. So you might be fully sowing into your finances into God And you're saying, God, this is still hard. I don't want to give you the money first, but I'm going to. And in the next season, you're going to see the fruit from that. You're not going to see it straight. It's going to be tough straight away. It is tough. But the fruit comes. And then you live in the abundance of the fruit. When we plant financial seeds, seeds of service, seeds of sacrifice, we're not going to have it immediately, but it comes. So when... I've put a request. It's, it's not going to be instantly fulfilled. There's always a delay. I'm not going to say always. I'm going to say most times because sometimes God does do immediate things. I'm not going to discount that at all because we see miracles here all the time, don't we? God does stuff. He changes things. But a lot of the time, we've got to wait. 
There's a delay. Okay, number two. The second thing I need to remember is that there's an unseen battle going on. It's spiritual warfare in a realm that we don't even understand. We don't see it. And the fact is, we're caught up in the middle of it. If you're a child of God, Satan hates you. He does. He doesn't want the best for you. He wants the worst for you. He wants to trip you up, tear you down. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's his purpose. And the more we're living in the kingdom of light, the more he hates it. He wants us to be struggling. He wants us to be pushed down, to be trodden on. He wants us to be in the throes of addiction. But God's got something better for us. And that battle's there. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6.12, we're not struggling and fighting against human beings. And we're not. Remember that. We don't fight people. We're not fighting people. But against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realm, the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of darkness. Because while we're waiting, Satan starts to throw the darts at us. The dart of doubt. The dart of discouragement. You're not really that good. Who do you think you are? Hypocrite. Do you hear it? It comes, isn't it? The dart of depression. The darts come and they play on our minds. And the more we entertain them, the more they pull us down. The truth is we don't really know how much spiritual warfare is going on. But we get a glimpse of it in the book of Daniel. And Daniel 10 talks a bit about it. Daniel has his vision And the angel comes to him and the angel says to Daniel in his vision, Daniel, God loves you deeply and God has heard your prayers since the very first day you humbled yourself. And I, that's the angel, have come in answer to your prayer. But, this is the interesting part, but the evil angel prince of this kingdom opposed and blocked me for 21 days. He says, your prayer hasn't been answered for 21 days. I was opposed in this spiritual battle. So Michael, one of the archangels, intervened to fight for me because I had been blocked from coming coming to you with the answer. There's a battle going on. We don't even have to fight the battle. We just need to let it happen. God's big enough to fight the battle. Daniel had a prayer. It wasn't answered. It wasn't answered because he was held up. Um, Daniel was getting discouraged. The angel shows up and says, I'm here. We've knew about the prayer since day one, but it didn't happen straight away because of the battle in the spiritual realm. A delay is not a denial. So when an answer to prayer is delayed, it doesn't mean it's a, a no, unless you hear no. It's a wait. You just need to wait. Three answers. Yes, no, wait. God does that. Number three. Third thing we need to remember, God is preparing me for his blessing. God is preparing me for his blessing. If God gave to me what I have today 20 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to cope with it. If I had four kids, (laughs) a church this size, responsibilities, that some of the things that we deal with, I wouldn't have been able to cope with it. But he slowly prepared me over the years. You know, it's, it's a good thing you don't get all your kids at once, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, just stretches that very much. I remember when we first had Kate, our eldest, felt this is so tough having a kid. Tired, you lose your time. Yeah, it's awful. It's, it's, it's a bit tricky. It's a bit tricky. Then we had another kid. Then that was the hardest thing in the world. And then we had three were completely outnumbered. Four, you just give up and just ride the wave, you know. <laughs> you get there in the end. But that stretching's there. And if you look at your life, if you look right back to five years ago or ten years ago, whenever you became a Christian, six months ago, what God was teaching you then and what he's teaching you now, you've grown, Right? You've grown because slowly and surely he's building on you so you receive the blessing. You can't get, I don't know if you've ever done a box jump. I mean, I'm bad at them. But some people box jump this high. From there, they just do one jump and they land feet first up this high. It could be higher as well. You don't get to that high without starting on the small box jumps. God's not going to give you a big ministry, a big responsibility, a big anything without giving you the small stuffs first. That's the bit that we've got to nail. The small things are the things that we have to nail. God is preparing me for his blessing. He wants us to be ready. Because God's more interested in changing my character than he is in answering my prayer. And if God's telling me right now I need to fix some stuff up in my life, if I don't fix it up, I'm never going to move forward. So if God's put a promise on your heart that he wants to take you places, he's saying, but first you need to do this, I suggest you do it. Otherwise, this is going to look further and further in the distance. He wants you to get there. He really does want you to get there. But we've got to nail the small stuff first. Otherwise, that's how people crash in big ministries because they're not nailing the small stuff first. Your character is what you're going to take to heaven. I'm really sorry, but I'm not taking a building to heaven. I'm not taking my finances. I'm not even taking you to heaven. You get yourself there. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to build my character. It's my responsibility. Okay, and I can't, when I get to heaven, say to God, oh, but I didn't get the opportunities or I didn't do this. God said, but I wanted you to work on your character. I want you to grow. First Peter 1 says, There is wonderful joy ahead, even though it's necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. These troubles test your faith to show that it is strong and pure, just as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. More precious than a jewellery store full of gold. Some of you are going through the fire right now. Keep going. Don't set up camp in the tunnel. You don't get off the train while it's dark, do we? we? We stay on it. We get through. Keep going. Keep walking. Waiting is always a test. You might want to write that down. Waiting is always a test. So if you're waiting, maybe I need to say to myself, what are you trying to teach me, God? What are you trying to teach me? What am I not getting yet? And maybe that will be the thing that changes the answer to a yes. When you're praying for something in your life and it hasn't happened and you're in the delay, you're in the season between harvest and sowing, waiting is a test. It tests our trust. It tests our faith. It tests my endurance. It tests all kinds of things in my life. It's a test. 
So there's a time delay between planting and harvesting. There's a spiritual battle going on. God is preparing me for the answer. And number four, remember, God always keeps his promises. Always keeps his promises. I don't know, I'm a little bit cynical about elections and I know we said we're not going to talk about elections but you hear all the promises coming out of the people who want to get elected and they're all, we're going to do this and this and this and this. I don't know if anyone believes it's actually going to happen but I stand on the truth that what God says is going to happen is actually going to happen because God said it, I believe it and that's the truth. He can be trusted. We can count on God to come through every time. And we can count on him because there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. If you want to go looking for them, go have a look. 7,000 that he's made that he's staked his reputation on. So what do I do in the waiting room? Don't focus on what I can't do. Don't focus on I don't have money or I don't have the talent, I don't have the connections, I don't have the opportunities. Don't focus on that. Focus on what God has. Focus on what God can do. Habakkuk 2.3 says, God says, at the time I've decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. You might want to memorize scripture while you're waiting. You might want to memorize God's promises for you. I think my biggest disappointment, maybe in ministry, is watching people's lives fall apart when they get frustrated with waiting and they decide to do things their own way. And we watch time and time again over the past 20-something years that we've been in ministry. People have done an incredible journey with God. And they've grown and they've done incredible things. And God set them on this awesome path. And at one point, something tears them down. And they lose relationships. They lose family. They lose things they own. And it breaks our heart because as much as we want to help, we can't make people do things. We can't make people come to church. We can't make people stay connected. We can't make people stop isolating. We can't do that. And it's so hard when we can see the potential and we can see the future just rolling out what God's doing and all of a sudden they get tripped up and it's like watching a slow train crash. And it's really hard as leaders to be there and we want to be there. And when people won't let us in, it's hard too. All because when we don't want to wait, we want to take control and we want to do it our way. And that's a sobering thing for me because I like to be in control. I like to do it my way. And I don't want to wait either. And I don't want to see the train wreck happen in my life. And I don't want to see it happen in your life either. So my only advice is stay close to God. Stay close to God. Keep listening to him. He's the voice to be listening to. 
in the waiting. On your sheets, there's got just some dot points of what we can do in the waiting. Here's some practical things. I'm practical. I need things to do. So here's some things to do in the waiting. Why are you waiting for the big break? Why are you waiting for the ship to come in? Why are you waiting for the answer to prayer? Waiting, why are you waiting for the girl or the man of your dreams to show up? Here's things we need to do. Because waiting isn't an inactivity. Waiting is something that we, we are active in. It's not laziness or idleness. It's not being passive. It's not even apathy. We're using the time to develop the skills and habits that we're going to use later on. So here's four, four habits that are great in the waiting. The first one is keep on praying. The second one is keep on serving. Keep serving. Have you ever had a someone wait, like a waiter come to your table? We get those when we go to restaurants or whatever. A waiter. Why do they call a guy the waiter? You're the person waiting for the food. Well, there's two different meanings. When we say I'm waiting for something to happen, that's what you're doing. But to wait also means to serve. Being waited on. That's why servers are called waiters. Because the word wait doesn't just mean to expect something. It means to serve. The queen has ladies in waiting. There's not just ladies sitting around, you know, waiting for the queen. They're waiting on the queen. Getting there, everything she needs. What would it be like if we were people of God in waiting? We're not just sitting around on our comfy seats. We're in waiting. So keep on serving. Third one, keep on meeting together. Keep coming to church. Keep going to small group. Don't give up your habit of meeting with other believers. Instead, keep on encouraging each other. Don't bail out in the waiting period. And the last one there is keep on believing. Andrew did it today. We didn't even talk about this. If you write your gratitude list down, you can see where God's come through before. It gives you faith to keep going. Write gratitude lists. They're so important. Keep on believing. We need to stay active because God can't steer a parked car. We need to be moving for God to steer our lives. Now, we've got a dog called Henry. Henry, the miniature dash hound. He's three and he's aged me probably about 20 years. Because Henry likes to eat things that he shouldn't eat. When he was a puppy, he ate one of those bread tags. You know the tag that goes off your bread? The plastic, hard, sharp plastic. He ate it. Don't worry, it came out in his poo. We found it. (laughs) He's eaten soft toys that he's supposed to be just chewing on. The toy comes out, the poo's purple. I'm sorry if you get offended by poo. I'll stop talking about that. He's eaten a lot of things in his time. And yesterday he decided to eat a cooked chicken bone, which if you're a dog owner, you know you'd never give your dogs cooked bones because they splinter. So we're now waiting 
for the cooked chicken bones to either cause damage or not because you just got to wait and what's going on. And you know what? We could have driven straight to the van and got him x-rayed and did some whatever else to it. It could have cost... Why on earth do dogs have problems in the middle of the night on a weekend? Like, it'd be more convenient if it was 10 o'clock in the morning on a weekday. You could go to the local vet, right? But instead... And so Henry is in waiting at the moment. And you might be thinking, I don't want to wait at the moment because this isn't a good time for me. I've got things I need to do with my life. If God could just make this thing happen for me, then I don't have to wait anymore. And God's saying, but I've got you. I've got you right here because I want you to learn something. I want you to learn. I want you to learn. And I want you to trust. So we're going to sing a song if the band could come up. We're going to sing. And... I know that God's been saying, pointing through all the things that you've been waiting on. You want to bring them to God today? You're welcome to do that. Come and pray. If you would like to ask someone to pray for you, you're welcome to do that as well. If you want to just release that thing to God and say, God, I don't even know if you want me to be doing this, the thing I've been asking you for. Can you just direct me today what I should be praying for? You're welcome to do that as well. But let's in our waiting sit with God, not with the advice of others, not with well-meaning friends, but listen for what God has to tell us, what he has to say, what he has for us. Let's take this moment just to be still inside and do business with God because he wants to talk to you. He wants to communicate. Jesus, we just ask now that as we reflect, as we surrender, as we give, as we ask, Lord, that we really sense your presence close. The thing you've been telling us that you want us to do, Lord, you'll just remind us again. Because we forget. We push it aside, Lord. I pray today you'll just make it very clear to us. Make it clear. Holy Spirit, we give you all authority in this place to do whatever you want. Work in my heart, work in every people's person's heart here today. We want to hear you. Amen.